Hillsong Creative Podcast, where we hear from creative experts, influencers, dreamers, and doers, what they've learned and what we can learn from their journey as we explore, respond, and create. Hello and welcome back to the Hillsong Creative Podcast. This is Rich Langton and I'm so glad that you've joined us again today. Hey, how good was last week's episode with Laura Toggs? If you haven't heard that one yet, we kicked off season six with a fantastic conversation with Laura. But today we have Brooke Ledgewood on the podcast and you might have heard her interviewed in season one. That was a great interview and that was a slightly different topic to what we're covering today. But if you haven't heard that one, go back and check it out after you listen to this one. On today's episode though, you'll hear us talking, uh, maybe there's a little bit of background noise and whatnot, because we're talking on the set of the Hillsong Conference Backstage. It was a live interview that went to the Backstage program, but we thought it was such a great conversation that we wanted to bring it to you guys as well. Uh, Didn't want you to miss out for those who didn't catch it live at the time. We start off the conversation by talking about leading yourself in worship, and then it goes all sorts of places. So why don't we jump straight in now, and I'll talk to you again at the end. Hey, well, welcome back, everybody. It's Rich Langton here, and I have the privilege of talking to Brooke. Did I say Brooke Ledgewood? You didn't say it yet. I have the privilege of speaking to Brooke Ledgewood. Hi. This is so great. Let me do that again. Welcome back, everyone. It's Rich Langton, and here's Brooke. Ledgerwood, welcome. Hello. If you're at home, give a little clap. That's awesome. <laughs> is I hear this live? that. This is live to the nations. Wow. Yeah. Anything so, could happen. It, and it probably will. <laughs> it definitely <laughs> it's will. It's late on Thursday afternoon <laughs> and we've had a big day. Yes. Uh, tell me, Brooke, for you, what has been the conference highlight so far? Louis Giglio ruined my life yesterday in the best way. Yeah. And, um, and then I think... Yeah, last night, Bill Johnson, um, incredible, and just God. I think, I, I don't know, you never know um, quite what conference is going to hold, yeah. and, but you always know that God has a greater plan, and I think seeing, seeing things weaving together, it just seems like this conference is about, really about like healing and freedom mm. for a lot of people, and I'm yeah. one of those people. And yeah, it's, it's pretty great. Yeah, I love that awesome. God is uh, doing what He's doing. Yeah. Hey, but I was thinking... It'd be really great and maybe a little bit helpful for listeners and viewers if we talked maybe a little bit about leading yourself in worship. Yeah, yeah. Because I, so for those listening, um, we, my seat in worship, mm. you'll probably think I'm a stalker now, but my seat <laughs> in worship at conference is right behind yours. Yeah. And I love just watching you worship because oh. it's, it's not uh, reserved for when you're leading on the platform. You're, you're engaged and you know, doing what you can to lift Jesus high right there. Yeah. You're amening and you've got your arms raised, you're moving. Yeah. Where does that come from? Um, <laughs> where does it come from? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, hopefully we're all spending a lot more time. Um, hopefully it's iceberg life, you know, that, the, that what people see of our relationship with Jesus is um, like the 10%, you know, and that yeah. hopefully there's a lot more under the surface. Right. Um, I don't know, Jesus... Um, Jesus has set me free and is setting me free. You know, I am saved and I'm being saved, yeah. you know, like the Bible talks about. And mm. so, um, yeah, I just don't, I don't want to waste a moment. And I'm not perfect. There's definitely times when, you know, I'm in worship in church and I'm distracted and, mm. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm hungry or I need to go to the bathroom or, yeah. you know, my friend just sat down who I haven't seen in a long time, da, da, da. You know, yeah. let's, let's be real about that. Sure. But then... At the same time, I don't, yeah, I don't want to miss what God wants to do. I want to, my spirit to be receptive and attentive. And in the end, it's um, not even really about what's 
happening on stage or what's happening around me, but mm. um, God is worthy of glory right in this moment. So mm. I want to be attentive to that. But but as I said, I'm not perfect. Sometimes I still am look, looking around and like, Yeah, whatever, of course, you know? we're all yeah. like that. So the iceberg life, yeah. you know, there's more going on under the surface than above. What does that look like for you? When you're, for your own personal devotion, what, yeah. how, is that early morning? Is that praying? Is that reading the Word? Is that, what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, I would say that um, it has radically changed since I had two babies. Right. <laughs> who, like, I, and I, so I, they decide what time I get up in the morning right. and <laughs> demand attention immediately. Yeah. So it definitely looks, my, my, our kids are three and just, just turned two today, actually. Um, and so that has meant certainly an adjustment in my, mm-hmm. what, what my, natural preference of devotional life looks you know looks like mm. um so i'm still figuring that out but but i i must i do read the bible and pray every day yeah um because i, I i've built a habit mm-hmm. um and it's a discipline mm. and sometimes it means i get 45 minutes to study yeah. and sometimes it means that i got up first thing in the morning with the children and then every the day happened and i'm reading one verse at the end of the night, which yeah. is not which is not preferable, but sure. but I also um, throughout the day I like I like to think that um, my amen is never a full stop but a comma, Great. you know. So um, yeah. so that prayer is a conversation that is happening throughout the day, mm. um, not necessarily something that happens and then I finish and then I get on with things, yeah. but rather a constant conversation. Yeah. So. I talk to God in the car, to the Lord in the car a lot, yeah. you know, or before I'm about to push send on that email reply, like, God, am I, <laughs> is that the right way to say this? Or, you know, um, so I just, yeah, I can't, uh, like I said, I'm not perfect. So I don't want to um, put across that I know what I'm doing at all, but just um, staying in constant conversation with Jesus yeah. and asking Him to help me to remember to do that as well. Asking right. the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me. Yeah. Every time I open my Bible, I pray, Jesus, help open your word to me. Like I love when Jesus was on the road to Emmaus with the disciples, and then he, and then it says, and Jesus opened okay. the scriptures yeah. and and revealed all the things that right. he said about himself. So I always ask him, Jesus, open the scriptures right. to me. You know, yeah, yeah. show me what you're saying. Show me who you are in yeah, this. Right. Yeah. So then, do you sing? Yes. Yeah. I would say again, not as much as I used to before children. Right. But um, but definitely um, I'm, I really like that the new um, iPhones are like water resistant. So <laughs> sing in the shower. Yeah. So I do take my <laughs> in the shower. Actually, our neighbour a couple of streets down, he um, he's kind of an older um, man of rotund build, you might say, and okay. he he told me on our we walk around the block with our kids a lot, and he um, he told me the other day that he listens to me in the shower. I said. Bill, I don't know if I really needed to have that image, but thank you so much. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, but I do. And and one of my, you know, favourite things is always sitting sitting down at the piano with with hymns and with the old songs yeah. that um, that that taught me about who Jesus was when yeah. I was just coming to know Him yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I love that. This week, I think I've been reminded again of the importance of not not only reading the Word or not only praying and not only worshiping in church, but I guess having a rounded personal spirituality, yeah. taking prayer into the journey. Yeah. But also for me, it's the same. Used to sing a lot more. And, yeah. and I think um, over the years, gotten into the, the thought, somehow got it, it got in there that, oh, no, that's reserved for when I'm being led. Right. And in fact, it's not. No. We, can, we can sing. Obviously, yeah. we have songs um, everywhere, yeah. even in the shower. Yeah. But we, we don't have to reserve that for yeah. when someone's leading us or someone who yeah. can s- sing yeah. well or yeah. something. 
Funnily enough, um, one of the songs we, we're working, we have a New Hill Song Worship Project, which right. I'm not allowed to tell you anything else about other okay. than that it's coming. Right. But, um, but one of the, the songs that, um, that is on that is a song I wrote about, it's, and it's called Awake My Soul. Uh-huh. And it's about, about singing and about realizing that singing is intercession yeah. and that the praise of God is intercession and the way that God moves when we open our mouths and sing. Yeah. Um, so it's ironic that you say that because I feel like it's something that God is highlighting to me at the moment yeah. about, about the way He moves when we, when we, when we bring praise through yeah. our mouth. Right. Yeah. Because there's something in the, the action of, of song or, yeah. or even movement. Yes. But, but I guess in this case, song yeah. that does something different. Yeah. You can think something, yeah. but then when you say it, yeah. it has power. Yes. Yeah. So what, for you, how do you understand um, prophetic worship? Yeah. Song that's perhaps not, not written down mm. um, or, so, you know, um, someone, hasn't, someone else hasn't composed it. Yeah. What, what's the place in a believer's life for the prophetic yeah. in worship? Yeah. Um, it's funny, I mean, because I don't think I had ever heard the term prophetic. I, I think I heard the term prophetic worship long, for many years after I was actually experiencing that, you know, right. on my own in my room. Yeah. And I think that that's simply the Holy Spirit leading, the Holy being singing singing your prayers, really. I don't think it's any more complicated than that than singing right. what you're praying. Yeah, right. Um, though, of course, we know that God does, the Holy Spirit does lead people in singing to, to sing to sing prophecy or to sing um, to sing declaration or to sing. So I think, I think prophetic worship looks, I think sometimes um, often worship leaders can fall into the danger of um, perhaps like emotionally processing right. through prophetic worship, which right. isn't necessarily the right, right thing to do. Like, uh-huh. God, I'm sorry about that thing I did yesterday. <laughs> right. Um, you know, like, so it's coming out on probably, the fly. Yeah, right. I think that's probably where the discipline, you know, it says that, um, that um, the Bible says that um, the spirit of the prophets is subject to the control of the prophets. Right. And in other words, the Holy Spirit might be leading us in something or saying something to us, but it doesn't mean that we have to babble it all out. Right. You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit reveal something to us so that we can pray about it later yeah. or so that so that we can meditate that in quiet in our own time. Mm. So I think it's about learning that, yeah, the spirit of the prophets is subject to the control of the prophets. So just because you see someone and you get a word of knowledge, it doesn't mean you're supposed to get up and go right. up and say, hey, you stole 50 cents from the cashier yesterday. You know, like, so, <laughs> right. um, yeah. Uh, and then what about, so last night yes. you were leading, I think it was last night, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> seems so long ago. <laughs> there's many, many moments, but uh, but at one point we were singing, ah, oh, King of Kings, I believe, yeah. which is a new song, yes. which we are allowed to talk about. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, we are. Uh, so we're singing that, and there's a moment. Take off your guitar. Mm. And your face turns into more like we're doing some warfare now. Um, I don't know if that was intentional. I'm glad I can't see myself. Right. I'll just say that. I'm sorry to everyone who has to look at my face on 20-foot screens because I imagine it's quite terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> well, it encouraged me because mm. I, I've sensed, I feel like the people of God, um, mm. this could be just for me, mm. but we're an army. Yeah. And sometimes we forget mm. and we're, on, we're advancing. We're yeah. not retreating. Yeah. And sometimes we forget. Yeah. And and I think that we need to remember those things. And I felt like last night, it seemed to me like mm. that was the stance that you yeah. were taking. Mm. We're declaring such strong truth. Mm. And it's not, uh, we're not, tim- we shouldn't be timid mm. about it. And, and our whole action, I think, should lean into mm. that. Um, so the question is, yeah. 
for you when you're leading, obviously you're leading people, and so mm. therefore you're trying to exemplify mm. worship. But, yeah. But what is what is what is going on inside for yeah. you when it comes to that kind of thought of advancing? And yeah. I mean, I I get very. I have never from the moment those lines were written and I really I say written but I really felt they were a gift from God the particular lines you're talking about yeah. in this song mm-hmm. um, because they literally came out almost all at once right. and um, I cannot get to that part of the song without getting fired up because I, there's this amazing and C.S. Lewis has a book called The Screwtape Letters yeah. as you know mm-hmm. and there's an amazing chapter there where it focuses on the church it's kind of hard to explain if people don't know the concept of it sure. because it's a Sounds crazy, but it's a senior demon kind of mentoring a junior yeah. demon. And so they're talking about the subject of this junior demon's kind of assignment. Mm. And the, uh, then the subject has just become a Christian, which is obviously very upsetting for the demons. For the demons yeah. And the Christian has not only just become a Christian, but started going to church. Mm-hmm. And so um, so there's this brilliant chapter that C.S. Lewis writes in, in this context where the senior de- de- demon is saying to the junior demon, um, you cannot let this, you cannot let your Christian basically get a glimpse of the church as we see her in terms of um, people outside, as, as creatures outside of time and space, people with a glimpse into eternity. Right. Don't let the Christian get a glimpse of the church as we see her, which is throughout time and terrible with banners. And I love that thought of the church across time that we are, we're here, part of the body of Christ on earth. We're one generation or a few generations at one time. Yeah. But the church across eternity, mm. like is what a what an incredibly terrifying, yeah. brilliant image yes. of, of of an, of an army, terrible with banners, stretched across time and space and eternity, okay. carrying the banner of the Lamb of God. Mm. Like if that doesn't strike courage into you and yeah. embolden you that we have a task to do on the earth and that we're God's people, like mm. I don't know what will. Yeah. And so um, and so I'm, yeah, that that's what I'm thinking about basically. <laughs> I'm thinking about the church, not just as we are even gathered at this conference or on the earth right now, but mm but the saints who have gone before us, 2000 yeah. years of history and the people, the generations who will come after us, who we have the responsibility of leading, living and worshipping in such a way as to proclaim God's greatness to them that they will then become the next generation to yeah. rise up. So it's thinking about the generations past, the generations to come and where we are right now and God's great plan. So yeah. it gets me fired up, oh. as you might be able to tell. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, I love it because it does it to me too. Yeah. Storm was moved for good, for the lamb had conquered death, and the dead rose from their tombs, and the angels stood in. Um, so the song we're talking about is King yeah. of Kings, um, which is, um, we, ha- we have or are recording it. We have, yeah. So this new, stu- I, again, I actually should have probably asked our team what I shouldn't, shouldn't say, <laughs> but our new project is a studio project, which right, is the yeah, first yeah. time we've done that for Hillsong Worship apart from Christmas albums. Right. Um, and so this is a, yeah, it's, it's a studio project which mm. captures the sound of our church, which I could talk about for 
a thousand years just on the concept of that alone. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's a studio project, but we are recording it live at conference tomorrow. So there will be a live vision as well recorded here at Hillsong yeah, Conference. Great. Yeah. Um, but so sneak preview for people listening, whether we're allowed to say it yes. or not, is that you'll be able to download King yeah, of Kings. Yeah, it comes out tomorrow. I believe tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, but only the um, people and literally... If only everyone watching right now is we haven't even told social media yet so and we probably won't we're just going to spring it tomorrow so you guys are the only people on earth who know which is fantastic yeah. i love it because i think it's a song that church needs to be singing so that's good um so you said a minute ago that you felt like the the lyric just came yeah well the part of it we definitely so, the verses we lay we labored over the verses for a, a lot of time <laughs> right yeah because yeah good yeah Tell me about that. Yeah, because otherwise it sounds like, oh, God just magically gives me these songs and it's just, no. So we, um, it was actually the week after all the kind of, anyway, it doesn't even matter. Where I was, we were in um, Nashville with our friend Jason Ingram, my husband, Scotty and I, and, um, and Jason had um, what he said, what he felt was like a chorus idea, which ended up being the melody for the verse. And um, because it was kind of repetitive and, lent itself to being able to fit a lot of words and we're like, we can really tell a story with yeah. this melody. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it just kind of started eventuating that we just started telling, telling the Jesus story from, yeah. um, from, from how He came to what, he, what His ministry looked like yeah. to the resurrection and then beyond Pentecost. Mm. Um, and, so, and, and so we were really excited by that. And then there's just a, a really simple chorus that yeah. glorifies the Godhead. Mm. Um, and then we kind of, take off into Pentecost there at the end and, and then locate ourselves here. And when we were recording this with the choir a few months ago, mm-hmm. um, which was one of the great joys of my life, just just having our church choir yeah. so prominent on this recording as yeah. you'll hear when it comes out, uh-huh. was just when we got to this part of the bridge um, after the, the Church of Christ is born, then the Spirit lit the flame, et cetera, et cetera. And then it says, the very last part says, by His blood and in His name and His freedom, I am free. Um, for the love of Jesus Christ who has resurrected me. And I, I said to our choir, it's like, we've, we've just sung this whole story and now we're locating ourselves in the story. Yeah. This is the point of the song. We, re- we realise this is a story that's happening right now, that the gospel isn't just something that happened 2000 years ago and still has power today. The gospel is something that's happening right now yeah. and we're right here in the thick of it. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, and so there's always um, great triumph. It feels like the song, um, it starts off, we, we, with truth and yeah. we sing it and it's nice and then it get, gets a little bit more um, enthusiasm when the chorus comes yeah. but it keeps keeps going and going and there's yeah. always this sort of um, it's almost like everyone gets surprised yeah. by the <laughs> fact that you know that Jesus rose but yeah. then the, but then he established the church yes. um, and I think maybe sometimes our songs stop we stop st- at the resurrection yeah they fall yeah. short there in a, in, yeah. in a way yeah. in that um well, like you're saying, this song lo- locates us in amongst it. And yeah. I love that that we would be able to celebrate that every time. And yeah. I love it that it surprises us every time <laughs> that we get to be a part yes. of it. Yeah. And and um, and sort of, uh, I don't know, the, the enthusiasm that it brings and the life it brings to church, to, to the services has been pretty fantastic. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, God's so good. I still can't believe He keeps giving us songs, you know. Uh-huh. Hillsong Worship has been going for over 30 years now. Mm. And um, I just love that it's never really been about one person or a few people, but yeah. it's like from generation to generation, God proclaims, you know, His works. We yeah. proclaim His works to one generation. Mm. And it's just, um, it's a generational thing. It's a yeah. legacy of our house. And it's amazing to see how God just continues to make a way. Continues yeah. To, to bless it. Uh-huh. Um, for you and Hillsong Worship. Yeah. What's coming up? So things we can't talk about, yeah. like albums or whatnot. Yeah. 
but other things we can. Yes, we have a lot of things coming <laughs> up actually. And um, so tomorrow we have two big announcements, so you can watch our social media for that. Yeah. Um, that's all I'll say, but tomorrow, well, actually you already know one of them. One of them is that we're releasing a brand new song tomorrow, yeah. um, King of Kings. Um, but one really exciting thing we've done is we've actually recorded our first Spanish album. I don't even know if you know this. Do you yeah. know this? You, okay, you know this, they briefed you. Um, so that's coming out um, in a month's time, August 16th, and uh -huh. then the very next day we'll be in Latin America yeah. touring this song. So I will be getting to sing in Spanish for, well, I've sung in the studio, but for the first time in those countries. So like Amazing. half the night will be in Espanol. Yeah. And um, we're really expectant for that. So Spanish album, it's called I Mas. Uh -huh. um, I Mas comes out August 16th, then touring Latin America, and then um, and then some very special announcements um, coming to come. But it, it's, a, it's a good and fruitful year, and we're really excited yeah. about it for sure. So people should jump on social media and yep. watch out in the next 24 hours or so. In the next so. 24 hours, yeah. Some great it's stuff. happening. Yep. Um, wrapping up, if if people back home wanted to pray for you yeah. and for Hillsong Worship, yeah. what should they pray for? Oh, that is such a nice question and a good question and a helpful question. Um, yeah, please pray. Um, please pray that God can that that we continue, hopefully, to be to be wise stewards of what He's entrusted to us. Yeah. Um, we want to. This is this is not about us. It's about what God's doing, um, and we're trying to partner partner with that and steward that as very best we can. Um, so so yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. We will do that. Won't Thank we, you. everybody? Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks Thank so you, much Rich. for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. I hope you enjoyed that little chat with Brooke Ledgerwood. I love catching up with her. She always has great things to say and is always encouraging. Like we talked about, you can get King of Kings on iTunes or wherever you get your music from. And I'd encourage you to go grab that. I've been listening to that on repeat a little bit these last few weeks. And it's encouraging, it's um, uplifting, and I think it'll be really good for your church team as well. So go grab that. And if you're in the United States of America, Hillsong Worship are touring with Casting Crowns this November. You can check out information about that and get your tickets at hillsong.com forward slash worship. So next up, we've got today's Q&A. So we're answering some of your questions. Let's jump straight into it. I'm here with Cass and we have a question from Samantha. So Samantha asks, how do you maintain fresh perspective and new ideas while respecting traditional procedures? That's Tell a, me about that. Yeah, that's a fun <laughs> question, hey? Mm. Um, I think it's easy to think that Hillsong Church has no tradition and so it's easier for us than most churches because we look fairly free-flowing, but I think we actually have our own traditions as mm. well. Like we are locked into 90-minute services at our Hills campus, shorter in other locations because of turnarounds and car parks and all those sort of things, which mean every week we get maximum of 20 minutes worship, there's a 20-minute MC spot, there's mm. a 35-minute preach, there's a 10-minute ministry call. Like We actually are quite formatted on that. So staying fresh in that context actually takes a little bit of thought and effort and work. Mm. Um, 
I would say we put a lot of thought into our song list and what we're trying to achieve on Sunday mornings. We think around things like communion and how can we present that differently um, every month. Mm. What can we do with what's in our hand? What can we, the screens look like? How can we keep the stage fresh? At the moment we have stickered our stage for the season of church life that we're in. Um, our 8.30am service is quite a traditional service. And so I think instead of trying to avoid the traditions, we actually play to them. Mm. So we know in that service, if we bring a hymn, the engagement will increase dramatically, Mm. which means that for our Hillsong Conference last year, we actually put a lot of work into doing a hymn set and Dave Ware and our Cocos, who are actually like a great um, singing group, put together a really beautiful arrangement of um, an elevation song, a couple of old hymns and Oh Praise the Name. Mm. And in playing to tradition, what they actually did was bought something that felt really fresh with a twist on it. Mm. It's really difficult to not push push tradition aside um, or vice versa to take on too much tradition. Yeah. I think we try to, particularly, say, for that early morning service, it's an older... um, congregation, I guess you'd say, um, the, I, we need to be pushing forward and being Hillsong Church right. but at the same time not alienating people. And it's really easy to want to um, to do the latest, greatest, newest song or the, you know, the young and free song that's maybe a bit more up-tempo and might be a bit more foreign to people. You know, that might be our preference right. but at the same time that's not going to connect with people in that congregation. So right. it's a, about sort of serving again on serving the congregation rather than just doing something that's new or fun. Do you know where I find it really hard is actually like Good Friday right? because I feel like it has an expectation attached to it, which is quite traditional, Mm. and yet um, you want to keep bringing fresh eyes to the crucifixion of Jesus. Mm. And so I think some of those places it's really easy to get trapped one way or the other, really traditional Mm. or way too contemporary. And I think for us, like there's been lots of conversation around how to maintain that. Mm. I was reading um, Pixar's 22 Rules of Storytelling and one of their things is about rigorous testing. And so I think in in that space, fresh ideas and tradition, having enough people with um, open eyes looking at what mm. you want to present is a really good thing because mm. it tests what you want to bring in light of the people that you're serving. Yeah. You've just added another element to it. I guess we were talking about services a little bit and mm-hmm. what we're delivering on a Sunday. But then there's the whole lead up and the processes within church life as well. Sometimes, I guess, probably in any church, but in our area, we can run into lots of red tape with with traditional processes or traditional ways of thinking about things. So in our world, how how do we overcome those sorts of things? How do you think we do? (laughs) (laughs) I think that it takes a lot of conversation. Um, We would say lots that we are quite a relational team, relational church, and things happen by relationship. And so when we run into roadblocks, I guess my approach would be to go actually talk to the person that's um, opposing an idea or a way of doing something and actually working it through with them and not being afraid of that conversation. Um, I think email uh, can be like a trap and it can be such a... um, I don't know, a, a barrier but, but a barrier for relationship. Well, there's no tone in email or text, right? So often mm. you think you're being really lovely. <laughs> yeah, and someone and reads it the wrong way. somebody reads it the wrong way and then you get a mm. shock. That... Yeah. 
Yeah, and so all of a sudden you create a barrier or to doing something new, to a fresh approach or to the idea purely because of the way it's communicated. Right. So lobbing up to someone's office instead of on the phone or whatever, actually making a time to chat with them about it and working it through. Sometimes it means we've got to not do the new thing yeah. um, and stick with it, as the question said, a traditional process because there's actually good reason or for that way of doing it. Or maybe there's an incremental way forward, like you're just a little bit. 100%. Yeah. At a time and you mm. concede some ground and you give some ground. Mm. And sometimes you can discover areas where there's something that's come to be and there's actually no good reason for it. Right. It's just you, we just do it because we do it. And by having the conversation and, and re-approaching it, you can, um, I guess, put that on the table and perhaps, um, what do you call it, maybe um, offer some yeah. um, new new ideas or another way for, forward for that um I think in churches it's really about. easy to get trapped in the way things were as well. And so um, continuing to ask, do we still want to do it that way, is actually a really good question. Mm-hmm. So like this year we've had a year of reimagining a lot of things that we've done as a team and Brian's gone kind of, there's no sacred cows, let's let's um, play with that and let's not do that. And we've done church news mm-hmm. for as long as I can remember and this year it's like let's not do church news, let's do an ad, one yes. ad, let's do mm-hmm. something different, let's not do that. Our offering always would have... Um, a talk around it where you kind of encourage people around their giving. Well, this year he hasn't done that on a number of occasions and we've literally just played keys underneath the moment where people are preparing mm. to give. Because I think that there's a place of going, is that a tradition or is it just what we've always done? Mm. Yeah. And in that case, Pastor Brian is obviously leading the way in that and so right. there's an element of which I guess in order to move forward you need leadership's buy-in and leadership's uh, right. direction. But if you're the leader, then I think, uh, you know, it takes some tenacity, some pushing forward because often I think in our environment we would stick with the safe. We would do something that right. we know works. Um, we've done it for a long time. We know it works and we've got a procedure for it. Instead, though, as the leader, sometimes we have to take people on the journey of encourage them, encouraging them for the new right. to, to um, take things to a new level or keep things moving forward. I think that in our world as well, Pastor Brian is very good at pushing forward and, and I guess, keeping the momentum um, going, um, a forward movement. So uh, the, the value of new songs is really high in our environment where we do new songs and we know new songs are coming and the church is used to new songs and, and that helps them to then embrace the new. Yeah. Um, as soon as you stop doing that, people get used to whatever it is and then they fall into the trap of yeah. wanting to do what they, they know, the familiar. And I think that for songs, but I think that can happen across the board where if we're pushing for new, then you get new and you get you get that forward momentum. But if you allow it to stop, then you get stuck in tradition and the old processes. Right. And for anybody bringing new stuff, you've got to be prepared to have it turned down. Yeah. So you've got to be resilient in terms of... Offering ideas, if they don't want them, go away, start again. Yeah. And actually not get so precious about what you bring. Mm, True. That's it for today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it and it's been useful for your journey. If you haven't already, I'd love to take a minute just to encourage you to subscribe. When you do that, you become part of our growing community of creatives who are trying their best to live out their faith through their creativity. So join us anywhere you find your podcasts, subscribe, and then you won't miss out on anything. And I always love to hear from you. So please write us a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. It helps with the visibility of the podcast and it lets us know what you think, what you're enjoying, and where we can go with the podcast in the future. 
Aside from that, you can write to me on Twitter, at Rich Langton, and we'll talk to you next time. Till that storm was moved for good, for the land.